Today, my friends, we are venturing to the optimistic side with the rose-colored glasses, and we are looking towards the future. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lombardi Time Brews. I am your host, John Delray. That's right, today we have very little to talk about. This is the Packers mini-buy coming off of, um, you know, that game against the Titans that we, we don't want to talk about anymore. But looking ahead to the future, whether these games matter or not, most metrics, depending on their algorithm and all that stuff, have the Packers at approximately a 6% chance to make the playoffs. So, yes, there is still a chance there's something. Yeah, it's it's a chance, but not a big one. So today I wanted to talk about who are the players that over this last stretch of games, maybe not this coming week, you know, just over the next stretch of games, who are the guys that I want to watch for various reasons? Maybe they have an importance in the future. Maybe I just like watching them play and there's not all that much time left. Who knows? But I'm going to go through. I got seven of them listed here. Going to talk about who those players are and why. Before I get to that, though, quick, just um, no real updates about the team at all today. Not even really any signings to tell you about. Things are very quiet in Packerland right now. Matt LaFleur himself does not give a press conference, I believe, until Wednesday, if I looked at the media schedule correctly. Um, so, I mean, just, this is this is off time. This is their mini-buy coming off of a Thursday game. Uh, so we will not have much in the way of Packer news or even injury updates or anything like that until later this week. So, good time for this today. Now, I'm just going to breeze right through these. There's not, today's not, like I said, this isn't super number heavy. This isn't even, I don't know, all that fact-based, which sounds just kind of gross to say. But, like, these are the guys for various reasons that I want to see. And number one, I lumped in a couple. Yeah, I'm cheating already. It's my list. It's my challenge. It's my rules. Nah. Number one, the young wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, Christian Watson doing what he does now. Now, finally, Christian Watson is healthy and doing what he does. Now get Romeo Dobbs back. Like, if he can come back soon, we're actually going to see what was supposed to be there with Dobbs and Christian Watson together. Now sprinkling, sprinkling in a little bit of Samara Toure, who Lafleur admitted after the Titans game, we have to give him more chances. Yeah, again, just like Aaron Jones earlier in the year, that's up to you, Matt. Like, do the thing you want to have happen. But Toure, Watson, Dobbs, the future of this wide receiver position. Supreme athleticism. Will there be bumps and bruises? Oh, 100%. Are there already? Yeah, totally. But you could just see it. Watson is developing into a touchdown superstar before our very eyes. And, you know, honestly, the thing that I want to see from Watson most is if you look over these last two games, these big breakout games, very touchdown heavy, very big play heavy, I want to see him at least once before the end of the year turn in a truly complete game. 
And what I mean by that is a high reception count, high target count, one of those like 10 catch, 120 yard, like I don't need him to be getting 30 yards per catch like he's doing. I don't, I guess I want to see one non-MVS stat line is I guess what I'm trying to say. And he's not MVS. I'm just saying pure numbers to like comparing bases. But I want to see him turn in one of those like 10 catch, 120 yard, one touchdown games. Just a complete, complete wide receiver performance. Pair that with Dobbs and Toure. Let Toure be the big play guy that's going to get 30 yards a catch, whatever. But I want to see all of them together. I want to see what this offense can be with all of them together. And quite possibly a very, very large preview of the future of the wide receiver position. Next up, I'm going to pair that with another offensive specialist, um, Josiah Deguara. Deguara has, in, he's been kind of limited in his snap counts. They're still obviously giving a lot of weight to Tunyon, as they should be. Tunyon has been performing admirably coming off of his ACL injury. Mercedes Lewis still has his role, obviously. But Josiah Deguara has earned chances. He's played very well. For almost every game this year, he's in the top half of Packers offensive players on PFF grading. It's just, it's time. It's time for Josiah Guara to get more chances. He's been blocking incredibly well, both out of the tight end spot and when they put him at the fullback or H-back position. I want to see more flexibility. He is still a part of the future of this team. He's still under contract into the future. You cannot say that about Robert Tunyon. And Mercedes Lewis is obviously very year-to-year. Dequara is the one guy you got that's the definitive future of the tight end position. I want to see him play more and more. Give him a chance to develop into the tight end of the future. Next, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go special teams. Yeah, that's right. I want to see a specialist. New practice squad signee, D.D. Westbrook. That's right, the former Oklahoma Sooner. Used to be when he was running around when he was young down in Jacksonville over his 23, 24, 25 age type season. Honestly, he was one of my favorite wide receivers to use in Madden. I don't know why. He was he just killed it in Madden. And I, I was excited when I saw the Packers signed him to the practice squad. He has a lot of punt return. Um... At the very least, experience. He's never been a complete game-breaker there. But, you know, anything competent is an upgrade for the Packers at this point. But he's got three seasons of at least 19 punt returns. Earlier in his career, before he really kind of got riddled with injuries, and just kind of fell out of Jacksonville. And I know that there were, at least early in his career, some character concerns, especially coming out of college. But this is a guy who, earlier in his career, had two 60-catch seasons for Jacksonville. And it's not like Jacksonville was lighting it up. This is a guy who realistically could do some things to help. And the Packers obviously have a very large vacancy at punt returner. Keyshawn Nixon has done a pretty good job at kick returner. I think some Packer fans overestimate the job that he's done, surely because it's not just bereft incompetence. But he's done pretty well as a kick returner. To be totally frank, and this is just my personal opinion, I haven't loved the job he's done as a punt returner. Is it a spark over Amari? Yeah, totally. But at the same time, in the two games that he's been the punt returner, there has been at least one punt each game that he didn't fumble. But holy crap, was that not the technique that you use? And thats I don't think he's the long-term solution at punt returner. Maybe D.D. Westbrook is. And if he can give you a little something as a wide receiver too, 
congratulations, you've already got more on your investment than you did from Amari Rogers. And again, that's not to bash Amari. It's just true at this point. Next up, moving right on down the list. Next up, on the defensive side of the ball, I got a couple. Devontae Wyatt. Yeah, I mean, his snap count, been kind of up and down throughout the year, and he's had a couple uh, illnesses. I remember earlier in the year he missed uh, at least a few practices due to personal reasons. But this is a guy who's shown some quality flashes, and he did earlier in the year, too. At this point in the season, he is a first-round pick. Like, you invested in him heavily, a first-round pick. And he was a 24-year-old coming out of college. This wasn't Kenny Clark when he was 20. This wasn't a guy that you picked thinking like, oh, yeah, he's going to need some time to get the strength under him. His body isn't developed yet because his ceiling is just so high, we got to take him. Like, no, Devontae Wyatt was 24 years old. Uh, I'm not going to say a finished product, but a, a more mature body than most, uh, than most rookies would be. And you've played him pretty sparingly i just not enough you know and at this point he's kind of a great mystery he's done some nice things he's gotten bowled over a few times but really there's not enough snaps there to put out a true judgment and if you are this far into the season with this bad of a record and you don't even know what your first round pick looks like i that's i mean that's pretty damning the only problem is we don't know if it's damning on him as the player or the coaching staff for never putting him in so over these last games, yes, I want to see Devontae Wyatt. I want to see why he was, why you can justify using a first-round pick on him. I want to see what the thinking was. I want to see what the traits are. Get him on the field. I want to see it. I don't think it's too much to ask. Come on now. Next up, another defensive player, Kingsley Anigbare. I mean, the guy, he's filling in for Rashawn Gary. He's not Rashawn Gary. Like, let's, let's not even go there. And he needs to add strength. He needs to add some weight. Okay, but he's got some flash. I mean, you see the pass rush tools. Occasionally, he's made a good stop in the run game, but I would argue that that's one place you certainly want him to improve in the remainder of the season. Because this is one guy, you know, like everyone else, I've had to ask or, you know, Watson, we're going to see a bunch. But other guys in this list, it's like, come on, get him on the field. Not this rookie. He's going to be on the field a lot. A lot, a lot, because of Rashawn Gary's absence. And this is the perfect chance for him to lay an absolute claim on edge rusher three. Coming into this year, there were questions about, is it going to be Garvin? Is Anikbari going to be ready? You know, what about Tipa? It was just kind of this, this mess of like, you know, kind of like the safety spot, kind of like other depth spots on this team. It was like, who who's going to step up and take the definitive number one backup? Well... At this point, this rookie has done so. And he truly, over this last stretch of the season, over the last six games of the season, can put a stronghold on that spot for next year and truly make edge no longer a need. But he has to continue developing. Over the offseason, we're going to see him probably put on some strength, put on some weight, and that is really the ingredient for what could be a special player. We're already seeing it frequently enough to where he can kind of get the special label. The high ceiling potential label, not just a guy, with especially being a day three pick. That is fantastic. That is a fantastic outlook for the Green Bay Packers. You know, moving on from that, the next one here is more of an appreciation. And I mentioned this the other day too, but I'm going to lump 
two in here together, and that's Mason Crosby and Randall Cobb. You know what? Let's add a third one, too. This is just off the top of my head. I want to add in Mercedes Lewis as well. These are three guys. Look, I mean, yeah, we could talk about Aaron Rodgers. We don't know what his future holds. We don't know if he'll be back another year or two years or five years. Who the hell knows at this point? But we do know Aaron Rodgers, if he hangs it up or whatever, he's going to get a ton of episodes dedicated solely to him. These three guys may also have their time in Green Bay done. They're not getting the same treatment. I mean, nor really should they, but these guys have been heavy contributors. Mason Crosby going all the way back. The steadiness at kicker that he has provided, especially from where we came from, the, with who the kickers were before, to then get to Mason Crosby, who has been so steady for 15 years. The Silver Fox himself, Mr. Automatic Mason Crosby. And then you've got Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb, who just kind of went on vacation for a couple of years there, Dallas, Houston, you know, we don't need to talk about those places, but then he came home. And, you know, he still has that spark. Or Randall Cobb has that juice to go along with the TikTok fad of a couple months ago. He's also a guy that has been the epitome of class and professionalism and upholding the Packers standard every minute that he's been in Green Bay. Maybe we get more time out of these guys. Maybe this is it. But I know for at least these guys, Mercedes on a smaller level, but then Randall Cobb and Mason Crosby, I'm really going to enjoy and relish what time there is left. Maybe it's more years. Maybe not. We don't know. But these are two massive contributors, contributors who, who deserve a beautiful farewell from Green Bay if this is it. Or whenever the time is, they deserve it. And the last one that I'm going to talk about, and this is the one that may ruffle some feathers, and yeah, by all means, that's just fine, and I'm not calling it for it this week against Philadelphia, but what I am saying is when the season is over, meaning you are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, yes, I want to see Jordan Love. Yeah, I do. Look, this is a guy who has made improvements. You can choose to see it or not, but understand that it is a choice. Whether you're going to acknowledge his progress and saying that I want to see Jordan Love play quarterback is not at all an indictment on Aaron Rodgers. What it is, is quite possibly a window into the future, whether you want it to be or not. But Jordan Love has an incredibly strong arm. Last year, in that one performance that he had against Kansas City, he got screwed. I was saying that during the game and will contend to it since he got screwed by the coaching staff in that game. They did not give any help to a guy making his first career start. But then the preseason, and Love even acknowledged it in an interview just a couple of weeks ago, saying that he is a different guy this year. Year three, the game is slowing down. He understands the concepts more. We knew when he was picked, and this is very conveniently glossed over by people who just want to trash the pick without understanding it, that Jordan Love was a developmental prospect. But all of the tools were there, so you make the pick. And you can hate that pick. You can love that pick. It doesn't matter. They made it, and they made it for a reason. 
and he was always going to be a bit of a project. Well, now here we are in year three. He's got a cannon. And if he plays at any time between now and the end of the regular season, and we get to see Jordan Love under center, or shotgun, because that's what they like calling, with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samari Toure, the future, quite possibly the future of your Green Bay Packers will be on the field. And if Rodgers decides to hang it up at the end of this year, Jordan Love's probably quarterback next year. Like, <laughs> I don't see them going out and getting a different veteran. I don't see them doing it. Jordan Love's the guy. And as long as Aaron Rodgers has the potential of retiring this offseason, don't you have to see what you have in Jordan Love from regular game action? You have to. Not to mention the fact that they need to make a decision on whether to pick up his fifth-year option or not. And again, you need to see it. And sure, yes, they have seen him in practice for years. They have seen him run the scout team. They have seen... It's not the same... It's not. Parallels will always be drawn to uh, by these two, compared in these two, but go back and look at Aaron Rodgers as a young one. As a young QB, navigating his stuff, constantly being injured. He needed live game action. He needed just a couple of games to show, hey, there's still stuff to work on, but he has the ability to at least carry the mantle and keep it going. Jordan Love has not had that chance. He does have tremendous physical tools. Decision-making, accuracy, sure. Those are the things that he is still working on as a young quarterback, as a young quarterback should. But yeah, I want to see him. I do. I think it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. See Jordan Love chucking it around to Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Samari Toure and DeGuara and the running backs. I mean, that's that's fun. I, I think it's going to be a hell of a time, no matter how it goes. And in a season that is mathematically lost, or we're almost there, you might as well start looking to the future. And even if Rodgers comes back next year, so what? You're going to hope to contend next year, right? So if Rodgers comes back next year, sweet, Love goes back to the bench. But you're more informed about that year five that Jordan Love may have. Because next year, even if Rodgers comes back, that's still only year four for Love. And I I just, I'm very hard-pressed to believe that Rodgers is going to play this year next and one more to take us all the way to the end of Jordan Love's contract. So eventually you've got to get informed on how to make the decision, right? And why would you not do it? If Ryan Rodgers has a busted up thumb and you're mathematically eliminated from the postseason, whether you know Rodgers is coming back or not, or it's a question, whatever, you got to evaluate what your potential future is. And might as well have a hell of a lot of fun while doing it. You know, the Packers are on the cusp of being out and I'm not giving up hope but everyone should always be realistic right six percent roughly depending on the metric chance of making the playoffs yet (sighs) 
Let's have some fun. Look to the future. That's it for Lombardi Time Brews today. I do hope you enjoyed this episode of who we would like to see over the last few weeks. Now, um, I will be back on Wednesday. We'll see if there's any updates to be done on Wednesday. Um, And then Friday certainly will be the game preview for the Green Bay Packers to go against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, um... I do have some travel coming up later this week for Thanksgiving. If the schedule needs to get modified, I will put out a post on the YouTube channel. I will tweet. I will put something out on Facebook as well. So no matter what medium you follow Lombardi Time Brews on, you can get the information there. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you had had a great day. That's the words I'm looking for. And as always, Go Pack Go. "'Twas the night before Thanksgiving, and all through Green Bay, this little cheesehead has been feeling thankful all day." Welcome to another episode of Lombardi Time Brews. Yes, it is the night before Thanksgiving. Some of you may see this on Thanksgiving. Some of you may see it Friday. Some of you may not see it at all. And and don't worry, it's a holiday. I won't be offended. But uh, tonight is the night before Thanksgiving. So I decided the theme of today's video is even amongst a losing season. What is becoming perilously close to a lost season in terms of the pursuit of Lombardi. There's still things to be thankful for. We as Packer fans are in a very unique situation, as is widely talked about, much much to the chagrin of every other team. But today we're going to talk about it a little bit. I have six different reasons as to why we should still be thankful as Packer fans. Many of them don't even relate to the team itself this year. If you want those team updates about what's going on with the team right now, I'm going to get to that first. I'm going to talk about the injury report that came out today. I'm going to talk about the roster moves that were made today because there were a few of them. So um, ultimately, day before Thanksgiving, I don't know. I I don't know what's going I spent the last few weeks getting all dismayed about this season, being really frustrated with the choices of the coaching staff. But this week, it's just, it's different. And I think it's part acceptance that this is the team, that it's just, this is what it's going to be this year. I think it's choosing to have a positive outlook. But you know what? Packers could still win out. Yeah, as I said on Monday, there's about a 6% chance per most metrics that they could make the playoffs. They still could do it. But... You know, maybe there's some fun things like a detail on Monday. The fun things that could yet be occurring yet this season. You get the rookie wide receivers actually playing together. You know, on that note, Rob Domofsky of ESPN put out a tweet earlier today saying that Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs have only shared the field for a total of 53 
snaps. Not even the offensive snaps of one complete game have the second and fourth round wide receivers been together on the field. <sighs> so hopefully in due time we do see that. Lafleur was asked about Dobbs today in his press conference and... I frankly didn't really say much, just going to see how Romeo progresses. Uh, he did not practice again today, which I'll be getting to shortly. So, you know, there's still fun things to look ahead for, but on the whole, there are many things to be thankful. If you are a fan of the Green Bay Packers, many, many things to be thankful for, and we are going to be talking about that today. So, just a few scheduling notes. Uh, one, yes, on Friday, I will... Uh, well, that's what I'm getting to. I will be putting out a game preview for Packers versus Eagles for Sunday Night Football. Given the fact that it's a holiday, I do have a number of family functions coming up over the next two days. Uh, that one may go out either later Friday night. It may not get published until Saturday morning. So just a scheduling update if you're looking ahead to that. Also, just one other note about the channel. We are over 250 subscribers. Thank you. Thank you for coming along on this journey, even if it's only temporary. If you just hit it for a week because you feel bad for me, I'll take it. I'm not beyond that. So, But for those of you who have been here all along uh, with the nicknames and Dom DeLuise Jr., thanks for that, Prime, um, and all the other things along the way as we have ventured through the 2022 Packer season, thank you. Thank you. Here's looking ahead to many, many more episodes, interactions, hopefully in the future some live shows and questions and I'm really just looking forward to what this can become. So let's dive in. Uh, well, number one, a blast from the past, if you will. Uh, Geronimo Allison worked out for the Packers yesterday, and they have not signed him. There has been no action on that. He's just a street-free agent at this point, but... Um, why? I mean, I guess, like, bring in a veteran that Rodgers has some experience with, right? I mean, like... But why? I, 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 is he remarkably more talented than any other receiver out there? Is receiver even our biggest need right now? I, I, I do your due diligence 365 days a year. That's what Brian Gutekun says, right? But like Geronimo, I mean, maybe he's got some left in the tank. Maybe I, he's still not that old. I just, okay, cool. Why not? Do your due diligence. Whatever. Caleb Jones, the offensive tackle, that mountain of a man. He has been for nearly two months now on the NFI list. That's the non-football injury or illness list. Uh, nearly two months, but he has been activated back. He's not yet put on the 53, but they have opened his practice window. Uh, so he was back uh, at practice today. Nothing was ever really talked that much about why he disappeared from the team for almost two months. But regardless, he is now back. They have, I believe it's the same rules as IR. I think it's three weeks that they have to really work him in and activate him to the 53. Uh, number three, uh, the Packers did make an addition today claiming edge uh, linebacker just, just in, I'm sorry, Justin Hollins from the Los Angeles Rams. He was part of the release of Darnell Henderson and, uh, and himself with whatever is going on with the Rams roster over there because you want to talk about another mess. Woo-wee! Um, but they brought him in, and you know, this is a guy who's played in 49 career games. He was originally a fifth-round pick from 2019 for the Denver Broncos. Uh, he's got six total tackles for loss on his career, seven sacks in his career. 
for a team that's that's perilously thin at outside linebacker on the roster, I mean, really, you just have Garvin, you've got Preston Smith, and you've got your rookie Kingsley Anugbari. There's nothing really bad about this. This is a guy with some experience. He's played uh, for the Rams. He's played for the Broncos in a more brief nature. Um, I don't. I don't see this being a, a bad addition. It's a waiver claim. Packers, for once, are near the top of the waiver claim. So they are exercising that right, bringing in Jonathan Abram, bringing in Hounds. You know, so there's really no downside. You needed bodies at edge. Ladarius Hamilton, I don't think they've been thrilled with what they've gotten from him when they've elevated him from the practice squad. Tipa has had his injury problems this year. You know, so I don't see a big issue here. I do hope that this doesn't stunt the 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 wrinkle that they put in the defense at times of having Quay Walker at edge. I do continue to want to see Quay Walker get some of those edge snaps, but obviously that's a lot easier to do when Devondre Campbell is healthy. So is what it is, but he is now a Green Bay Packer is Justin Hollins. Um, and we'll see what we get from it, right? No harm in doing so. The resulting roster move was Patrick Taylor has been released. You got to think that they're going to try to bring Patrick Taylor back on the practice squad. But again, the Packers are down to only two running backs. Again, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. There are no other active running backs in the roster since they cut Kylan Hill. Now they've cut Patrick Taylor. So what are we going to see? I mean, maybe... Maybe it's Tyler Goodson season. Maybe they're going to elevate him for a game. I just, with how big running back in this offense, I was talking about this all, all offseason, going into training camp with the roster construction. Two running backs for this team is not a viable option. There's too many games left on the schedule for you just to elevate Goodson every time. I don't know. There, this feels unresolved. But one thing I can say for certain is that for the rest of the year, they're not just going to be riding two running backs. I just don't see it. So let's get into the injury report of the day, and y'all, it is lengthy. The Philadelphia Eagles have one player on their injury report. It's a backup. Uh, let me just read the Green Bay Packers injury report here. Uh, Quay Walker was a full participant. Jair Alexander was a full participant, as well as Mason Crosby with a full participant. Now, Mason Crosby is one of five Packers on the list who had their practice affected somehow due to an illness. There's a bug going around the locker room, certainly less than ideal, um, but Mason Crosby was a full participant. Now getting into the guys who logged limited practices, that would be Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard, Chris Barnes, Randall Cobb, another illness guy, uh, Shamar Jean Charles was back in a limited capacity, and then Aaron Jones limited as well. Now here are the do not practices, and whoo buddy, there's talent on this list. David Bakhtiari, now this was just a rest day for his knee. Same with Elton Jenkins, rest day for his knee. He was a do not practice. Devondre Campbell, still not practicing from that knee injury. Tariq Carpenter was another one of the illness bunch. Romeo Dobbs, obviously not practicing yet. Rudy Ford, another of the illness bunch. And then Rashid Walker. Uh, Rashid Walker being the final of the illness bunch. I mean, that is a list, y'all. So... We've been talking about this. This Packer team is banged up, and Matt LaFleur talked about whether it was the right choice to not take that bye after the London game. Who knows if it would have affected anything? No one could possibly know that, but woo This is a list. This team is banged up, and they're getting ready to go against, right now, the number one seed in the NFC. But you know what? 
In spite of all of the injuries, in spite of all of the problems, there is reason this Thanksgiving to be thankful to be a Green Bay Packer fan. Now, not all of this list, not all of the six things that I'm going to say are specific just to the Green Bay Packers. Part of them are just why we love sports in the first place. Or we're supposed to, anyway, right? So keep that in mind as I go through this list. Not all of them are Packer specific, but number one, the absolute joy that comes with sports. Now, this season, look, the Packers are 4-7. and seven. This has not exactly been an enjoyable experience. I have joked about that, that this was absolutely the wrong year to start a Packer podcast. Yeah, but there's something really cool about knowing every Sunday that you can gather with family, friends, loved ones, and for three hours, three and a half sometimes, you can all just be together rooting for one thing. And I think that's that's just that's part of it. It brings it brings you joy. And if it doesn't bring you joy, then maybe this isn't the hobby for you. I mean, I hate to say it. I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan of the Packers, but like, if watching football brings you no joy whatsoever, and you know what? It's there every Sunday for for a good chunk of the calendar. It's there. You can enjoy it. You can bank on it. And the Sundays, like this last Sunday, where they had a mini-buy because of the Thursday night game, are coming up their actual buy. Part of it, yeah, is going to be refreshing because you don't have to go through that stress. But the other part is the Sundays just feel a little empty, don't they? Number two, the history. The history. If you've never been to Lambeau Field... Walking through the Packer Hall of Fame. Now, I appreciate Packer history, I will admit, and I don't mean this to be boastful in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying, but I do appreciate Packer history, I would say, more than most of the average contingent. And that's not, trust me, that's not a boast. But the Packer Hall of Fame is special. It's really special. All of the stuff of the years as a memorabilia addict and how incredible is that but it, it relates to some of the ones that i'm going to get here in just a minute but like the green bay packers are our team if you are if you root for the packers they truly are our team and to walk through the hall of fame is something special and i'm gonna i'm gonna tie it right in here to what was going to be my last point, but I'm going to I'm going to divert a little. And it's the legacy of the Packers. Look, I mean, how many people here watching this little startup channel right now are fans of the Green Bay Packers because their dad was, because their grandpa was, because their uncle was, because their mom was? How many of us have those memories of sitting on a couch as a little kid, not quite understanding why our older family members were so stressed about the stupid little thing? And then we became that. Because I know, I know being a Packer fan was a big part of my childhood, and I'm willing to bet it is for so many others. I mean, I went to a tiny, tiny, tiny little school in Wisconsin, where the average class size was like 15 kids per class. 
And I was I was eight years old or so when the Packers won Super Bowl 31. And I remember everyone in the room. It was a Packer day in this tiny little school. And yeah, I'll be damned if not every single kid showed up in a Packer jersey. Or I remember years ago just driving through my city after the Packers uh, had won a playoff game and some business, I believe, because this was in a very business area, it wasn't residential, started firing green and gold fireworks over the top of the road. You just don't see it everywhere. And there are certainly other teams that do this kind of thing, but it's the legacy for us. We've been doing this for a hundred freaking years. It is a part of Wisconsin. It's a part of who we are. And that's really cool. Isn't it? And if it's not a part of who you are because you're part of some legacy, something about the Green Bay Packers turned you on to them. Maybe you're just part of the collective that just happens to love Aaron Rodgers. Yes, there are, there are lots of them. We see him every day on Twitter. But um, but something, right? Something had to turn you on to the, the team with the fans that wear the stupid foam cheese on their heads and green and gold jerseys that have only undergone subtle changes for eternity. The, like the uniforms of the Packers have only undergone subtle changes for longer than most other franchises have been around. It's insane. And I'm going to tie that right into the next thing, which is the stock. And this one is exclusive to the Green Bay Packers. The season wait ticket waiting list. I mean, that that the scale of which is unique to the Green Bay Packers. Yes, as you as many of you know, I have a little two-year-old son. And yes, he is a stock owner. And yes, he is on the season ticket waiting list. For both regular tickets and club-level tickets. If you didn't know that that's different, sign up for club-level tickets, too. That list is way shorter. I don't know how in the hell we're going to pay for him when the name comes up, but, like, he's there. It continues on the legacy, but also just the stock, the, the season ticket waiting list. This is our team. If you root for the Green Bay Packers, this is our team. And I know there are tons of fans of other teams in the NFL, and I'm sure I'm going to get some comments just complaining about it, that it's just a piece of paper. You you gave a multi-billion dollar company $250 so you could have a piece of paper with your name on it. Yeah, I did. I did. Because Unlike several other teams, we don't have a billionaire owner who, if he wants to make an improvement to the stadium, is just going to write a check. Or, I know the Packers have done in this history, have done this in their history, but because of the stock sale, they haven't had to do it as often, have public referendums that dedicate tax dollars to it. Because we have enough fans that are willing to openly contribute money to not affect tax dollars to improve the stadium. If you want to call it a donation, I don't care. But we do that. You can hearken it all the way back. All the way back. 
to the Hungry Five. Now, Cliff Crystal, the Packers historian, has disputed who should be a part of that Hungry Five if it really was like this, but there are myths about the Green Bay Packers going all the way back from 1919, 1920, 1921, and the Great Depression of people being at Packer games, just taking off their hat, walking through the crowd, and asking for any loose change. Any dollar you can spare to keep this team going. How do you not love that? This wasn't started, the Green Bay Packers weren't started because someone wanted a new business venture. The Green Bay Packers weren't started because they looked at a market and said, well, these people are football fans, there should be football here. No, it was started by a group of guys who just collectively wanted to get together and play football. And then other people loved it. So they quite literally took the hats off of their heads and passed them down the row. It seems stupid to so many other franchises to say that the stock is uh, is actual ownership of a team. Of course it's not. I'm not getting a check. But you know what? Like my ancestors before me just a few generations ago, like so many of us, like so many of our families were there and threw a dollar into the hat to make sure that this little thing, this little team in little tiny Green Bay going up against Chicago and New York and all of these other places that were massive, that this could be the team to keep going. And to contribute $250 to a stock sale is the modern day version of that. This is our team. There's no question about it. Don't let anyone ever tell you different. And I am thankful to have a team. I got two more. I'm going to touch on them quickly. One. One. Sorry, Vikings fans. This one's a shot at you. We had championships. I mean, that's pretty neat, right? We've had a lot of losses this year. We've had a lot of wins over the last decade. Sometimes, you know, I, I don't necessarily love the entitled town thing that goes around a lot. But you know what? We have had a lot of wins. Yeah, two Super Bowls with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to be upset about it. Of course I want them to win more Super Bowls. Who doesn't? But like, two Super Bowls. And we got four. And they're proudly displayed in Lambeau Field for anyone to go see. Not many other teams can claim that they have four. Or how about the world championship count? Certainly not many other teams can claim that. And yes, they count. Last thing, you know, I in, in past years, before I had this show, before I had anything else, there have certainly been times that I have derided the Packers for taking for granted their season ticket list, the, the built-in fandom of Wisconsin, and many of these things that I'm talking about being thankful for. There, there have been times where they've taken that for granted. I do believe that. But you know what? This team, current iteration, current generation, last 10 years, last 20, have done so many ventures in the community. I mean, look, take, take uh, the Salvation Army signings as one great example. If you don't know about those, basically going on right now for four Monday nights, this is the first time they brought it back since COVID, but for four Monday nights, somewhere around Thanksgiving through 
Christmas, they have different players sit in the Lambo atrium for like two hours every Monday night and, and sign stuff. And you have to give a donation to the Salvation Army. And then at the end of the four weeks, the last few years, it's been Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, it's been different versions of someone matches that whole total. But themselves. That's, that's really cool. You look at Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know how active he is anymore. I haven't seen any headlines of late. But earlier in his career was such a big deal for the Mac Fund. Or Make-A-Wish. I'm thankful that the Packer way is still a thing. And to borrow the phrase from Cheesehead TV, to, to carry the G is a thing. I'm glad that character is a part of the personnel evaluation of the Green Bay Packers. Because when you put on that Packer jersey, you're not just representing yourself. You're representing all of those people 100 years ago who threw a dollar into a hat. Even in the midst of a 4-7 and seven season, I am thankful to be a fan of the Green Bay Packers. I really hope you are too. Well, if you are still here, thank you. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful Thanksgiving tomorrow. Uh, whether or not you are seeing loved ones, spending the day by yourself, spending the day with family, I hope it is whatever you need. I hope that even if your times aren't great right now, you still find something to be thankful for. Because I know it's hard. We all do. Sometimes. But I hope you have an absolutely beautiful Thanksgiving that is exactly what you need. If you are spending it with loved ones and family, enjoy it, cherish it. And then we can get back here on Friday. But thanks for being here. Let me know down in the comments down below if you are still here, what you are thankful for as a Packer fan. If it's disrespectful, if it's stupid, yeah, I'm just going to get rid of it. I'm going to make no bones about it. I want this to be nice. <laughs> so comment below what you're thankful for to be a Packer fan. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And as always... Go Pack Go.